Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week we're discussing the potential contribution of new investments in nuclear power to deliver the aims of the UK Energy Security Strategy, which was published in April 2022. With me to discuss that is Dr Mina Golson, Safety, Security and Assurance Director at Sizewell C, the new nuclear power station being built by EDF. Dr Golson, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Gavin. Thank you so much for having me. So can we start with some basic information about the Sizewell C reactor? Um, when's it likely to come on stream? What power will it be delivering to the grid and, and so on? Well, we'll be building, commissioning and operating two units of EPR, which is a type of pressurised light water reactor, PWR, in the Suffolk coast with uh, an electrical output of around 3.26 gigawatt electric. The operating design life of the plant is about 60 years, and during that time, the plant will generate about 7% of the UK's current electricity demand. So to put this into perspective, that's equivalent of powering 6 million homes. Our current plan is for the first unit to start operation, um, start generating electricity, I should say, in 2036 and unit two in 2037. So I know from what you've said, actually, in the timeline that, that Sizewell C construction is a, a massive, complex undertaking with several major challenges. What are some of these challenges to delivering a project of this size? Um, you're absolutely right. This is a major infrastructure project and we'll be building, as I say, two units of gigawatt electric nuclear reactors. This means that we'll be working with a very large supply chain, both in the UK and internationally, to deliver these reactors to the highest standard and quality that's expected of modern nuclear plant, and to do so safely. And this really means embedding a safety and quality culture that's understood by everyone, whether they're working on the site or whether they're part of the supply chain. And having robust processes and assurance systems to help us sustain that quality and safety. We've got to meet a very tight schedule. Uh, so hitting our productivity targets is another issue that we need to keep an eye on. And I think this is where incorporating lessons from Hinkley Point C comes to help us. And it's really crucial where Sizewell takes these lessons and benefits from these. I think the final thing I would say is, although we are benefiting from Hinkley C and we are second of a kind UK EPR design, in some other ways, Sizewell is a pathfinder project because of the way that we are financed. So you might have heard that we are being financed through regulated asset based model, which is essentially enabling Sizewell to raise debt and equity at a low cost. So this is the first time that in the UK a reactor is being built in this way through this funding model. And we've got to go to the open market and raise billions of pounds uh, to start the construction. So that's no mean sweet. <laughs> yeah, just a few, just a few little challenges there. Um, you mentioned Hinkley Point C and sometimes concerns expressed about Sizewell C are the possibility both of overrunning costs and overruns in time during the construction phase. And we know that there have been certain things that have occurred during Hinkley Point C. How does EDF, how does the UK government ensure that Sizewell C is delivered on time and on budget? 
I'd like to go back actually to the principle of replication and the fact that Sizewell C is benefiting significantly from being second of a kind in that sense in the UK. So one of the challenges that Hinkley Point C had to face was design change. My design change, because we know that Hinkley itself wasn't the first EPR to be built in the world, but there are certain design changes that had to be made for the plant to be compliant with the UK regulatory requirements. This meant more engineering time, it meant more material, and in practice, it meant that Hinkley had to start construction and in parallel evolve the design. At Sizewell will inherit from Hinkley the most complete detailed design that's ready to be executed. And we are already seeing the positive impact of that replication at Hinkley Point C itself in unit two construction. So that's replication in the design. There is another element here and that's replication of the supply chain. We'll benefit from having a replicated supply chain that comes from the lessons that it has learned from construction of Hinkley Point C. So really those two elements, replication of the design and replication of the supply chain will help us bring a lot of certainty to our cost and schedule. I think there is another point just to briefly mention, and that's COVID. Of course, it hasn't just been impacting Hinkley Point C, but um, all of the major infrastructure was in a very difficult position to comply with the public health requirements and keep people safe. And of course, Hinkley Point C wasn't immune from that, and a lot of effort was put into doing precisely that. And uh, although it's very difficult to calculate scientifically the uh, impact of COVID on a project like Hinkley, but it certainly has been over a year of delay. Yes, I, I can see there's only so much you can do whilst complying with the COVID Indeed. restrictions. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the UK energy security strategy that was published a, a few months ago. This talks about, quote, reversing decades of underinvestment in nuclear. And it, it also talks about recovering the UK's global leadership in civil nuclear power. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, how do you see this sort of more positive view from the UK government beginning to transform the nuclear industry within the UK? Um, that's a very good question, and uh, you will have heard about Great British Nuclear in recent weeks, and I'm very privileged to be directly involved in the work of the government um, in that front. Um, we're looking to really build here on the success of Hinkley Point C and Sizewell C, and look to identify the conditions that really need to be true to deliver nuclear capacity to the grid faster and at a lower through life cost. So the aim of Great British Nuclear is to look at the scope of that organisation, look at the role of the government, look at the role of the industry to make those things happen. The task force is looking at a number of areas, skills, operating model, technology selection, regulatory framework, siting, project management, all of these things that need to come together to make that statement true. So I'm very optimistic, actually, that with government support and momentum behind this, uh, we'll see a step change. We'll see strategic vision from the top, which will hopefully result in a real renaissance in the nuclear industry in the UK. So one of the things you mentioned the task force was looking at is skills. And uh, I'm quite interested in this because at a time in the previous decades where it seemed that nuclear is 
declining in the number of facilities it has, whether the UK actually now has the skilled workforce it needs for this resurgence in nuclear power. And if it doesn't have the skilled workforce, how, how does it get it? What does, what does it do? It's fair to say that across the infrastructure projects, um, and not just nuclear, not, not uh, just nuclear, we are all looking at certain number of common skills. And we are all trying to develop those skills and uh, to some certain extent, we are all competing for those skills. But projects like Hinkley Point C and Sizewell really boost skills, training, employment, education. And uh, just to put that into context, in Sizewell C we've signed several memorandum of understanding with local educational centres and what we're trying to do is to create 1,500 apprenticeships and build really on the work that Hinkley Point C has done in this area. So if you take that to the national level, there is an opportunity, of course, to do more, build on the foundations that Hinkley Point C and Sizeville C have laid and work with academia, with colleges, with educational centres and really create a pipeline that's continual and provide the skills that the UK major infrastructure and nuclear industry needs. So do you see, for instance, new courses on nuclear engineering in certain universities that haven't had them before? Or is the major need actually civil engineering and mechanical engineering and, and other things that they're already teaching? It's a mixture of skills, but I think connecting that to the work of the industry is key so that people going through those courses, people taking up um, vocational education, have a route to apply it to, and those skills then don't get lost to the industry. So we've been talking about Sizewell, which is obviously quite a large facility, and there's potentially a new kid on the nuclear block, the, the small modular reactors or SMRs. Does the SMR model compete with or complement the development of large reactors like Sizewell-C? I believe we're looking at complementary propositions. Of course, uh, there are, as I said in my previous answer, there are areas where we are all looking at common skills. We're developing common skills and to a certain extent uh, competing for those. And there are differences as well. But if you look at that pipeline and a study that Ernst & Young has done shows that Sizewell C is so important to the development and maintenance of skills that are needed for both large-scale new nuclear as well as the SMR programmes. So it's really looking at that pipeline, looking at the continuity of those skills and making sure that not only in the supply chain but in other sectors, technical, regulatory uh, sector, that you are looking to develop those skills and continue to utilise them. So these projects, the way they come online is really important to that. So the, the financing model for Sizewell C envisages so a guaranteed payment, a strike price for power generation over a 35 year period. But with the cost of renewable energy falling all the time, doesn't that mean that consumers will be paying a lot more for the energy from nuclear than they will from the energy from other sources. Um, I'll come to the uh, financing model for Sizewell a bit later, but just to say that Sizewell is financed through the regulated asset-based model rather than fixed price. 
But the crucial point here is about the difference between the cost of the plant generating electricity and the cost of supplying an individual consuming electricity. Uh, so even if we assume that solar and wind are the cheapest ways of electricity generation, we still need to pay someone to fill the gap to meet the demands of the consumer. And that needs to be a combination of stored energy of some form and some type of baseload. So what do we have in terms of available stored energy? We have hydro, we've got fossil and battery storage. And in terms of baseload, we have fossil and nuclear. Now, in a world where we are striving to get to net zero, this really means the choice comes down to nuclear versus battery storage to fill this gap. And if you look in this country, we've got over three week period where we don't have enough wind and over the winter months, we don't have enough solar. So the cost of filling the gap between um, these periods through storage facilities alone would be completely unaffordable to this country. And just to put it in practical terms, if all the cars in the UK were electric and connected to the grid, they'd only be generating a day's worth of electricity. Now, in the UK, we've almost done away with coal at the expense of reliance on gas. We've already seen the volatility in the gas prices. And uh, just on that point, if Hinkley Point C was generating electricity, it would have saved the UK consumer probably about one billion pounds this year alone. So it's not the case of one or the other. It's the case of having the mixture of energies. So that covers the mix that you were talking about. You said you'd go back and talk a little bit more about the financing. So maybe you could uh, explain to me a little bit more how that financing will work. You will have heard that the government has brought about regulated asset based financing um, for nuclear and C has been designated as a project eligible to benefit from that form of financing. This means that for the first time nuclear project, a nuclear project will be able to go to the open market and raise debt and equity at a low cost. So that means during the construction of Sizewell C, the consumer will benefit ultimately at this lower cost of financing for construction of Sizewell C. And are you going to the market at the moment? Is that some a process that you've begun? Um, we have started discussions with uh, certain interested parties. We've got uh, some of uh, the debt and equity providers looking at us favourably, but it is a process that we will really be starting in anger later in the year. Uh, we are engaging with credit rating agencies that will effectively evaluate credit worthiness of Sizewell C. Okay. Moving away from Sizewell itself, what more does the UK government and I guess the nuclear industry in total need to do in the area of decommissioning and storage of old nuclear waste? Gavin, you might recall many years ago, the government, when it started looking at new build in parallel, started looking at what needs to happen in the decommissioning world in the UK and really saw dealing with the legacy of the past as enabler to new nuclear. 
So for pressurized water reactor, uh, the only pressurized water reactor that we've got in this country, uh, size block B, we've got dry storage, which is already in action, and you've got spent fuel being stored safely and passively in the dry store facility at size block. But that's not the full story. We all know that the destination for all of the spent fuel is the geological disposal facility. So the sooner we can have certainty around geological disposal, its operation, the sooner we will have certainty around the cost of decommissioning and disposal in the UK. No, I see that that makes a lot of sense and is outside the control of Sizewell, but it's uh, something certainly that uh, the government does need to make some progress on. Actually, in our decommissioning plan, uh, funded decommissioning plan, we have had to allow for dry storage. Just to wrap up then, for Sizewell C itself, looking forward for the next one, two years, what are the next steps? What are the critical decision points that you have going forward? We've had a very busy year this year. The culmination of that will be in a number of milestones that we're looking forward to. So later in uh, July, we're looking to have a positive, hopefully, response from Office for Nuclear Regulation in relation to our licensability to get our nuclear site license. In the summer, we're looking to hopefully hear that the government will invest in Sizewell C. So there will be a government investment decision into the project. Next year, early next year in January, we're hoping to hear from the environmental regulator, Environment Agency, uh, about the permits. So we've applied for our operational permits and we're hoping to receive a positive response. And uh, we've already had indication uh, to that effect, although it's going through public consultation. And during this period, of course, there will be some preparatory work on the ground that needs to happen after the government investment decision. And the most important point for us will be hopefully in the summer of next year, where we have raised sufficient funds to get to financial close and start construction. And after that is, of course, a period of construction right up till 2034 and uh, then commissioning of the plant. Fantastic. Well, it's an amazing project and a huge amount of work. So good luck to you and good luck to everyone involved in it. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. But Dr. Mina Goldston, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kevin. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Dr. Mina Goldston, Safety, Security and Assurance Director at Sizewell C. The topic of new nuclear and the UK energy strategy was discussed at an event organised by the Foundation on the 15th of June. A recording of that event and all of the slides used are available on our website at www.foundation.org.uk. Also on our website are details of all our other events, all our blogs and all previous editions of this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.